0: Welcome to the Wilson household and more importantly welcome to church. Now today I have the immense privilege of co-hosting with my favourite person in the world. This is my wife Philippa and uh, I must confess even though that we've had Boris in the last week relax the hugging rules we have been hugging throughout the whole of lockdown which maybe will encourage you as well but hopefully cautiously you've also been enjoying the relaxation of those rules.
1: Good morning, everyone. Um, It's great to have you with us here online for a morning that we hope will be good for you and give glory to God. But before we dive into worship, we have one significant announcement for you.
0: That's right, well, uh, next week, is the Catalyst Festival Global Watch Party. And so uh, you've got the opportunity of gathering uh, together with us, but also thousands of Christians from around the world online. Now, this will be a time of worship, teaching and celebration as we hear what God is doing around the world in our family of churches. And we want to encourage everyone to connect together across these events over the whole weekend, but particularly as well on the Sunday. So we're actually not going to have our normal online meeting next Sunday on We're not going to have our normal raw meetings, but what we are going to do is encourage everyone to gather together at 11 o'clock, okay? And so if you are connecting in person, we're going to combine those two normal meetings, the 9.30 and the 11.30, to one 11 a.m. meeting. And so we'll stream together right there at King's House, and that meeting will last around about 90 minutes, which will include a mix of live and pre-recorded content. And uh, we'll also be running uh, a program for school-aged children, and there'll be an unmanned creche for those who have got younger kids. Kids with them. But for more information, for full information about everything that's going on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you can go to catalystnetwork.org festival or to book in uh, for the in-person event at 11 a.m. at King's house. It's Sunday on Sunday the 30th. Head to kingsarms.org slash Sundays.
1: Great, that's a lot of information. <laughs> it was. Um, so now we're going to worship together and today is Pentecost Sunday where we remember the Holy Spirit being poured out on the first disciples. But we also live in the fruit of that moment now. So whether you are on your own or in a group, whether you're in your PJs or your Sunday best, let's worship God and invite his spirit to come and be with us.
2: On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability.
3: There is a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear worship, He hears faith. Come, oh, Lord. There is a sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Savior's robe as He walks into the room where people pray, where He hears worship, He hears faith. Mm. Awake my soul and sing, sing His praise aloud, sing His praise aloud. sing his praise aloud there is a sound that changes things, the sound of his people on their knees, Awake, up you slumbering it's time to worship him awake my soul and sing, sing his praise aloud praise aloud. awake my soul and sing sing his praise aloud sing his praise aloud Make no mistake, the bowels of hell begin to shake. Oh hail the Lord, oh hail the king. Hail the King Oh hail the Lord oh hail the King We hail you Jesus Oh hail the Lord Oh hail the King when he moves And when he moves And when we pray we're still the wall now stands away Where every promise is amen And when He moves, make no mistake The bowels of hell begin to shake Oh, hail the Lord, oh, hail the King Awake Awake my soul and sing Sing His praise aloud Sing His praise aloud. Awake, my soul, and sing. Sing His praise aloud. Sing His praise aloud. We sing Your praise aloud. Wake up, my soul, and sing, sing His praise aloud, for He is so worthy of all the glory. Oh, Lord. come, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come invade this place. Come and change us. Wake up our souls for your glory. spirit come and fill this place come and fill us lord and let your glory now in vain. spirit come And Spirit come Spirit, come and fill this place. Let your glory now invade. Yeah, let's just wait on the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of the living God. He searches everything, even the depths of God himself. Come, Holy Spirit. Search our hearts. Fill us. Fill us afresh, Holy Spirit. We long for you. We long for you, Holy Spirit. We need you. We honor you. Come. Come awake me from my sleep And blow through the caverns of my soul Pouring me to overflow Come fill our rooms, come fill our houses, that they would be places of your Spirit. Fill our hearts, give us boldness. I stand before you All by your majesty I'm covered by your mercy Your blood has made me free Draw me to you and set my heart on fire. I want to know you. Cause you're my one desire. I give you my worship and all of my passion i give you my whole heart all my devotion and grace never ending your hands they carry Your body that was broken for all the world to see, and my heart is held by love so unconditional. You captivate. You're the lover of my soul. I give, I give you my worship and all of my. here i will bow down and say that i need you here i and here i will bow down and say that i love Let your presence overtake my heart Cause I want to know you Let your spirit overwhelm me Let your presence overtake my heart It's my cry, Lord That I want to know you Let your spirit overwhelm me Let your presence overtake my heart, oh, Lord. cause I want to know you, let your spirit overwhelm me, and let your presence overtake my heart. Cause I want to know you, let your spirit overwhelm me, and let your presence overtake my heart. Let your spirit overwhelm me and let your presence overtake my heart oh. Overtake us. Search the depths of my heart. I give you my life. Make your home inside of me. Oh, Cause I want to know you. Let your spirit overwhelm me. Let your presence overtake my heart. I want to know you. Let your spirit overwhelm me. Let your presence overtake my heart. you're my one desire Let your glory shine around. King of glory, he be found. King of glory. King of glory. So let your glory shine around. Let your glory shine around. King of glory, he be found. King of glory. So let your glory shine around. Let your glory shine around. King of glory, he be found. King of glory. So let your glory shine around. Let your glory shine around. King of glory, he be found. King of glory so let your glory shine around let your glory shine around and king of glory he be found king of glory let your glory shine around oh So let your glory shine around, let your glory shine around, King of glory he be found, King of glory, so let your glory shine around, let your glory shine around, King of glory he be found, King of glory. We want to see you in all of your splendor Let it shine, let it shine Let it shine around No your glory shine around king of glory here be found king of glory so let your glory shine around let your glory shine around king of glory here be found
2: then after doing all those things i will pour out my spirit upon all people Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old man will dream dreams and your young man will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even in servants, men and women alike.
0: Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, it's a, a privilege to be able to say, come Holy Spirit, even now. Come and touch the lives of those people who are watching, in kitchens and lounges, in bedrooms. God, come and meet with us. We're hungry to know you better. And more than that, God, we want to thank you that it's by your spirit that we can cry, Abba, Father, and know you as our intimate Papa. Know you as the one who's rescued us, the one who's adopted us. And we want to honour your presence right now. And I pray, God, that that seal of your spirit Would come and rest on our hearts, rest on our minds as we seek you this morning. We honour your presence with us just now and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, if you joined us partway through our meeting, welcome. My name's Philippa and this is my husband Steve. You probably know him more. Uh, We are so glad to have you join us online today. We also want to thank you for your ongoing support of the church. We are continually amazed by the generosity of God's people, and I would point you to kingsarms.org forward slash donate if you want to give. Okay, so now Steve is going to share a little bit about Proclaim.
0: It was Hudson Taylor who said, there is a living God. He has spoken in the Bible. He means what he says and will do all that he has promised. And his promise is to be with us as we go out to fulfill the Great Commission and make disciples of all nations. Now after a crazy year where so many idols have come crashing down, I believe more than ever that Jesus Christ remains the way, the truth, and the life. and the only one thing that can satisfy the ache in the lives of those people that we see around us. Now we're hungry for Him to move in power, and so I say why not here and why not now? What we need is a church full of those who are passionately reaching out to others, empowered by the Spirit to point people to Him. that's why we have Proclaim. Now It's a, a gathering of evangelists and those people who are carrying evangelistic passion and responsibility where we can come together to connect and to be inspired and learn from others. And this year it's online so wherever you are in the nation or internationally you are welcome. And this year Proclaim will cost you nothing. Zip! Matter. it is completely free and so simon holly and i want to invite you to two evenings thursday the 10th and friday the 11th of june and we're thrilled to have guest speakers linda jeevanathan and andrew cannon joining us for the opportunity for us to raise the sails and to have the holy spirit propel us forward into what he's calling us into now for full details and an opportunity to sign up visit kingsarms.org slash proclaim and i hope to see you there Okay, so it's now time for us to listen in to our guest speaker for this morning, who is continuing our preach series, Leaving Lockdown in Wholeness. And we're thrilled to have with us today, speaking to us, Kate Middleton. Now, she is an experienced Christian psychologist who works for Hitchin Christian Centre, and is also a director of the Mind and Soul Foundation. And so open your heart right now as Kate speaks to us and ministers to our hearts.
4: Hey King's Arms, it's so good to be back with you this morning. I hope you're doing okay in this season of readjusting and the just gradual return to something more resembling normal life. Last week we talked a little bit about the challenge of overwhelm in this season and today I want to talk about another topic that's really relevant and and it's all about how your brain deals with and moves on from trauma. And, and trauma is really any experience which causes distress or damage or disturbance to us. So that can be physically, practically or emotionally. And, and at its core, trauma is about anything that requires your brain to assess something that's led to a bad outcome. To try and make sense of what happened, but but more to learn from it. Maybe change the way you do life or live life. To understand why it happened. Maybe prevent it from happening again. And, And it's all the more difficult, therefore, when events were sudden, dramatic, unpredictable, or just totally out of your control. Sometimes life knocks us for six, and our minds have to take time to understand that. Sometimes emotions that are triggered are very powerful or or the outcome is so devastating that that makes that processing even harder. But trauma is about much more than just a really obvious bad outcome often trauma is actually about something more subtle it's it's about the impact on the foundational beliefs that we build our life on you know it's it's things we understand about ourselves and the world and the interactions that we have with people and places sometimes things that happen Sometimes even things that may not look like that big a deal to other people or or even for ourselves we might struggle to understand why has this had such an impact on us but but those things really throw us because they challenge something about those core foundational beliefs so maybe you made a mistake maybe you caused an accident or just messed something up those things could be traumatic in the moment if it's a bad accident but Also, they can have an impact because you have to work out what this means. You know, if you've made a mistake, particularly if it's had big or bad consequences, what does that mean for how you understand yourself, how you live in the future? Are are you competent or are you actually a lot less so than you thought? How does this change the way you're going to move forward? Some trauma is tough, not just because of, in the moment situation and what happened but because of the deep emotional work we have to do in the aftermath not just getting over what happened but literally rebuilding our foundations thinking about how we're going to live moving on One of the other key things to understand with trauma is how powerful emotions are intertwined with this system of processing and storing difficult memories in your mind. You know, you've got a kind of long term storage facility in your brain where memories are put away when they're kind of dealt with. They're in their past, in your past, but they're understood as, as part of the process and journey that you've been through but there's a more front of your mind memory space that's about that active figuring out what does this mean. And sometimes your brain brings memories to the front of your mind as part of triggering this processing moment, you know, stimulating your mind and attention to make sure that something that's happened gets the headspace it needs. And and part of its way of doing this is through using emotions like anxiety or sadness or frustration these are emotions that grab and divert your attention and then it brings a memory to the front of that active headspace and, and that means you're kind of pushed into processing and mulling over what happened but but if you don't understand that then that process can actually be quite frightening it, it feels like you're being forced to relive a trauma and, and gradually over time, as you do process things, they, they do become more put away in that long-term memory space. So you think about them less. It's, in essence, a natural process. But it can be really tough and it does take time. And particularly in trauma that's been very significant and very difficult. Or that we're, when we're struggling to understand why it's had the impact on us, it has. We can get caught in a kind of battle with our own brains as we're fighting against this natural process. And post-traumatic stress disorder is a clinical condition where that happens, where people are, are caught between this natural brain instinct to bring memories to the surface and, and just the raw awfulness of what that feels like. The emotions and the memories and, and the trauma that that triggers in the present as they're trying to push down and not think about something that happened in the past. And, and that can feel like what we call flashbacks, moments when something in the present caused that bubbling up and, and people feel like they're re-experiencing a trauma from the past. But also sometimes that can happen unexpectedly and sometimes traumatic memories can suddenly start to bubble up months or even years after something has happened. It's, it's like your mind feels that you're ready to deal with it but that can be a tremendous shock particularly if those memories were so far buried that, that they weren't part of someone's conscious awareness and they suddenly become aware of something that happened to them and that they have to process. So trauma isn't just an in-the-moment challenge, it can have a much longer after life and, and it really is a journey. So how does trauma relate to what we've all been through in this season? Now, For some people, pandemic has been more classically traumatic in ways that may be obvious through bereavement or distressing circumstances that they've experienced, particularly through loss or moments where they've not been able to control and it's led to a bad outcome for them or someone they love. But the COVID pandemic has also challenged things much more globally for all of us, those core concepts that we've built our life on. Concepts around our safety, our health, that ability to control the world and keep ourselves and the people we love safe. Concepts around friendship and family and who we can trust and rely on. You know, pandemic in that unique, crazy way has separated us from people that we perhaps never thought we'd be separated from. It's it's made it effectively illegal. To hug people we love it it's bizarre and many of our brains are still reeling from some of those things and particularly for some people other things have been more directly challenges you know people who've lost businesses or incomes or seen their professional their their job change dramatically and and often in quite traumatic ways Many people in this moment as we're starting to come out of pandemic are finding that their minds are questioning things, things they previously built their life around and they're wondering do I need to make some big changes? This has been in many ways a societal trauma, maybe not The same kind of thing as the acute shock and trauma of an accident or, you know, devastating moment, but a big and dramatic change. And although we talk of returning to normal, some people in this moment are struggling with a realisation that there are some things they will never return to in the same way as they were B.C. before COVID. Life isn't going to be that kind of normal ever again. So how do we process trauma? What are the symptoms? How does it affect us? And how do we get out of the other side? Most theories about trauma talk about three stages, and I want to take you through those. And and in doing so, refer to the story of a traumatic moment in the New Testament, which many of you will be very familiar with. It's the story of the immediate aftermath of Jesus' arrest and execution and his death on the cross. And the impact that had on his closest friends, the disciples. So stage one in our response to trauma is about shock. It's about the need to find safety. Traumatic events by definition often hit suddenly. We weren't expecting them. They often leave us reeling. That can be very much in the moment if it's been an accident or something really unpredictable, really out of the blue. But that can also be over a longer period of time. I think one thing I saw when we all went into lockdown back in 2020 was this season where people were reeling with the shock. We see that sort of acute stress reaction as people are just living on adrenaline, just getting through the needs of the moment. And then more gradually, as they come out of that, the the bigger impact of what happens starts to become more more of a thing, more of something that their brain's trying to get their head around, literally. And that's particularly the case for people whose lives were more dramatically changed. So in some ways, understanding this in the context of Covid is more tricky because there wasn't this really dramatic moment this big accident or or something like that but in terms of the wider meaning and impact for our minds it did cause that kind of shock and impact and when you're in that place your mind is pushed often into overwhelm acute stress and our acute reaction to something unexpected pushes us into that space and it's hard to think clearly Your instinct is all about suppressing your emotions, dealing with the needs of the moment, withdrawing and finding safety. So there's a powerful example of this in the New Testament and and it's Peter just after Jesus was arrested. And you can read the story in Mark 14, particularly verses 66 to 72. And, and Peter is hanging around after Jesus has been arrested, but he's starting to realise the impact of what is happening. This is going to be huge. And, and he's trying to, to, to keep an eye on what's going on, but people keep recognising him. And three times in his panic, he just instinctively sort of freaks out and denies even knowing Jesus. And, and his anguish and shock in those moments is really clear that the third time he actually curses, he uses really strong language. And then poor, poor Peter, there's this devastating moment of clarity because Jesus had actually spoken to him about this and sort of warned him that this was going to happen. And he has this moment of clarity where he realises what he's done and it hits him and he's broken. Because this isn't how he hoped that he would react. He said when Jesus foretold it, he said that he would, he would follow him, that he would never, ever do this sort of thing. To find himself reacting like this is, is devastating to Peter. And you know there's an important lesson here. In this initial stage of shock, We need to go easy on ourselves. This is not your thinking mind. It's not your best self. It's an emergency, shocked, reeling mode. And it's biased towards finding safety. It always leans towards withdrawal. So don't be alarmed. Don't be too harsh on yourself. You will probably need to hunker down, retreat to a safe space, seeing people, stepping out. This may all just feel too much and, and it may just be that you need time to wait for that initial shock to drop. Remember last week, Elijah, he at first just needed to rest and look after himself. He wasn't ready for wider conversations. He couldn't move straight on. We need to recognise that and, and sometimes let ourselves off. And of course, in this situation, you may find that what you're struggling with most isn't your own reaction. It's someone else's. You know, sometimes when we're on the outside of this shock reaction, it can feel like someone's cutting us off, like we can't reach them. And and during pandemic, that's sometimes been really, really hard. And in these moments, we have to recognise what's going on and, and allow other people not to be perfect, In our most shocked and shaken moments, sometimes we all revert to instincts, and and that has to be okay. The second stage of trauma then is processing, and this is when the initial shock has started to wear off. So it can be quite quick, or it can take a while. People differ. Everybody's journey through trauma is different. But this stage is about starting to understand and, and it's something you cannot and should not rush. Sometimes people after a trauma are so keen to push people into this space that they, they can encourage them to go into therapy or to talk before they're ready. But we have to let ourselves move out of that initial shock, let that drop and then move on when we're ready to process. So give yourself time. Luke 24 tells a brilliant story that is an example of our need to process and it's about these two unnamed disciples who are on a journey literally they're walking on a road to a place called Emmaus and and that place is significant because this is the road away from Jerusalem it's it's the road back probably to where they came from these guys are running away they're they're in that shock moment they're withdrawing they're trying to find their safe space go back to the way things were before but we can see they're starting to process because actually, the, the Greek that's used in Luke's Gospel uses this word talking about their conversation that says literally they're bouncing things back and forth. And, and that kind of um, almost conversational thought tennis, bouncing thoughts around, is so much part of processing. It, it requires the spaces where you can kind of knock about with your own thoughts. And in this story, Jesus joins in the conversation and he helps them to process. Literally, he says to them, it, it can sound harsh, but literally what he says is, why are you being so stupid? Effectively, he's saying, if we look at the original Greek, why are the cogs in your head not turning? Why are you not thinking rationally about this? And, and processing is about a moment when your rational mind is now back to being more able to kick in. Like, can you get your teeth into understanding what happened, to planning, to making any changes? It's about work. It's about going through the process. And, and Jesus helps them to understand. But he also has to help them with something else because processing so often involves tricky emotions like grief and loss and and disappointment and letting yourself admit and feel those emotions. and, And that can be hard. You know, shock stage one is about instinctively numbing those emotions. In stage two, what can happen is that people suddenly find them bubbling up. And and right now in this moment coming out of lockdown, I'm hearing a lot of people who are suddenly having to deal with emotions at a time when perhaps they least expected that to be the case. And they can be powerful. The disciples in Luke 24 are expressing something really poignant. They say we had hoped that he would be the one. Disappointment and loss and grief are about Having to try to come to terms with what happened, with something that just wasn't something we ever would have wanted to happen. It wasn't the way we would have wanted things to be. And it's about the wrestle of that processing needs time and it needs the right spaces where that can happen you know after his death Jesus appears to the disciples many times in different contexts and different spaces with different combinations of people and each conversation is different he knew their human need to do this processing bit by bit to gradually come to terms with what had happened and in their own individual ways we have to do that for ourselves Think about where you can do that thought tennis, you know, sometimes we can play tennis just on our own, do you remember as a kid you used to knock the ball against the garage door or something? That emotionally is just finding times where you have headspace, you know, long walks, quiet moments of reflection or prayer or meditation, journaling, whatever works for you. Sometimes it's just about a a friendly, relaxed, no pressure knockabout with friends, you know, like when we were kids and you used to do that to play tennis. And and there's no great weight or pressure on it. But just those relaxed conversations sometimes can release something in our minds as we talk about something that's happened. But sometimes we do benefit from a coach in our games Mm -hmm. of tennis. Sometimes we need someone to help us because we're struggling to guide us through how to do it better. And therapeutic spaces, professional spaces can be so important in that processing of grief and trauma and loss, particularly if it's been more profound, if the emotions are powerful or if what happened was really devastating. And and don't forget that sometimes it, it might be important for you to talk to someone professional, to approach your GP, to share, to say, I'm really struggling with this. That can be a really good step on the journey of getting over trauma. And then stage three, then, is about consolidation or, or as we more commonly would say, closure. And, and this is about when we've done the processing, we start to feel able to move on. And it, it's about some big things, acceptance, forgiveness, letting go. It takes time and the biggest challenge often is about just accepting that these things have happened finding a way to integrate it into part of our story moving on from that stage to wrestle of just I don't want this to be part of my story into a space where you could say okay I didn't want this to be something that happened to me and it was really tough but but here's how I was able to move on I love The moment in Acts chapter 1 where we see a really good example of this and it's some time after Jesus' death. And the disciples seem to have made this kind of unified group decision and they've returned together to Jerusalem. And there's this moment of of regathering and regrouping as a community and and they're praying and chatting together. You know, closure enables us to reconnect to move on not just ourselves but together particularly when a trauma has hit not just us but our friends and our family and our loved ones everybody responds differently to a difficult moment and sometimes our journeys are so difficult that and so different that for a time we're separated by them but that doesn't mean we can't re-find each other eventually So closure can be about accepting and letting go of those differences and the decisions and the difficulties that came up. Getting back together, recognising what's happened and and where possible celebrating our moving on and our managing to get through. And and closure does enable us to move on. You know, in Acts 1, it's so powerful. We see this Peter, this moment in Peter's life where he is such a different Peter from the person we saw immediately post-trauma. You know, in verse 16, we see he's clearly understood what's happened, not just in his own story, but the wider context of God's bigger story. And he's able to make some key decisions about how to move on, but also lead this group of people. He's found his confidence and it means he can step forward. He's actually released a new potential. Trauma can knock us for six, but it can also enable us to grow. It doesn't have to be just about endings. By definition, trauma is traumatic, but it can be about a new beginning, a new season, a moving on into the next moment in our lives. But it takes time, and we have to allow that journey to happen gradually. Let's just take a moment to pray and as we do that let's just recognize that we are all in different spaces in our own journey through what has happened maybe some of you watching are thinking actually i don't feel that sense of trauma at all i don't really get it and that's great maybe your struggle is most with some of the reactions you're seeing in other people and and let's be careful to be sensitive and and really deliberately empathetic to try to understand what other people are going through but But if for you in this moment this is tough, I really want to pray for you and just recognise that sometimes understanding why it's difficult and, and letting yourself go through this process, that in itself takes some time and it takes some support and some understanding. So Father God, we just hold right now in front of you, everyone who's listening and watching. And we recognise the beauty of individuality, that we are all unique. Our situations are unique, our experiences are unique, our emotions are unique. And for those who are struggling right now, I just ask that you would surround them with your love and your protection and your compassion. And most of all, we speak your supernatural peace over people's hearts and minds right now. And we do ask for your wisdom and your guidance on this journey. Lord God, take us through, as you did with the disciples, meeting with them regularly, connecting with them, talking with them, journeying alongside them. We just pray that you would do that for the people who are listening and watching in this moment. Father God, thank you so much that we don't do this alone And thank you, Lord God, that we can have that perspective like Peter, realising what this has meant and moving on from it ourselves, but also realising a bigger picture, a better story that you're speaking over the world. Thank you that no matter how traumatic and difficult moments may be in our life, you are still in control. Your bigger story still sings out. Thank you so much for that security. We root ourselves
1: in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That was really helpful. We hope that it's been a helpful message for you, though we get that some of you may feel you need additional support in this season. So we want to encourage you to reach out to our pastoral team by emailing pastoral at kingsarms.org. Fantastic.
0: Listen, we also recognize that some of you may have stumbled upon this online service at the King's Arms for the very first time. And we want you to know that we are glad that you did. God has a plan for your life too, and a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. And if you want to know more about what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus, you can click on the link that's appearing on your screen now. And we have an amazing team who are eager to assist you. But that's bringing us toward the end of our meeting. And I particularly wanted to say thank you to the worship team and indeed, uh katie who did that amazing piece of art through the course of the the morning yeah
1: thank you so much for being with us today and don't forget that next weekend is our global catalyst festival so make sure you visit catalystnetwork.org forward slash festival for all the information you need
0: thanks now
2: god bless